will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Welcome to Leverage Addicts, the podcast for investors looking to maximize returns through leverage. Join host, seasoned mortgage professional and real estate enthusiast, Blandon Lerm, as we explore property investing strategies and learn how to navigate the market to build new wealth. Hey there, Leverage Addicts. Welcome back to today's episode where we're going to dive into some of the policy shifts that could impact your property investments. I'm your host, Blandon, and we're about to unpack the top three tax policies that National is going to bring back or implement that you should have on your radar as a property investor. Now, these changes could shake up the property market. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, you should familiarize yourself with them. The three things that we're going to cover, the first one is going to be Brightline Test, which is equivalent to a capital gains tax. The second is the interest deductibility. This is going to affect your cash flow. And the third one is a foreign buyer's tax. This could affect your capital gains. Now, the way I'm going to go through them is talk about the problem these policies were trying to solve initially, what's actually changing, and most importantly, how it might affect you as a property investor. And if you stay till the end, I'm going to share a little bit about my thoughts on them and how it's going to affect the strategy going forward. After all, rules might always change, but the game remains the same. So how could we make sure we build a sustainable portfolio? And that's what we're going to uncover. So if you're ready to stay ahead of the curve, let's dive into these three policies that could potentially redefine your real estate journey. The first one we're going to cover off is the Brightline test, essentially a property gains tax. So if you buy a property and then it increases in value, if you were to sell it within a time period, you will get charged tax on the profits. For existing property, this is currently 10 years. For new buildings, it is five years. Now, this policy was initially introduced to reduce the amount of property speculators. People who would just buy properties, maybe hold it half a year, a year, and because the market is going up, they could resell those properties without any tax consequence. This was unfair to our first home buyers because property prices would be inflated. So when they introduced the Brightline test, it actually did do what it was supposed to do. But there were unintended consequences. And the people who got hurt the most were your average mom and dad investors. The reason why? It increased liquidity risk. Liquidity means the ease of selling an asset. Because of property gains tax, people avoided getting into property investments and people avoided trying to sell them too early, even though it's a tough financial position for them. I've certainly seen my share of clients sort of thinking about, okay, I do want to sell this property, but I'm going to lose out on the tax. So I'm just going to try and hold on to it, try and squeeze my budget so that I don't have to pay tax in five years or 10 years time. Now, what National is going to implement is reduce that 10 year bright line to just two years and same for new builds from five years to two years. This could come as soon as July next year. And what they are going to do is remove bright line tests on any property that is brought before July 2022. Now, this hasn't been confirmed yet, so there will be more details to come out. But the main thing is that National is trying to increase that liquidity in the property market. This is obviously great news for property investors. It's going to provide more flexibility and more liquidity. I think as an investor, you're going to be able to see more selection on the market. There will be more people willing to sell. And it's also going to encourage more buyers to get into the property market. 
making property a attractive investment asset class. The second tax change is the interest deductibility. Now, when you look at a business, you have your income and your expenses. The profit is what you pay tax on versus for a PAYE income where you just look at how much you earn and you pay tax on that. So the advantage in a business is that now you can deduct more expenses to lower your tax bill. Initially, an attractive aspect for property investors because you can deduct your interest expense from the rental income that you earn, therefore lowering your tax bill. The Red government decided that this was a tax loophole. They don't see property investment as a business, so they decided to remove interest expense as a deductible expense. That means if you had 50k rental income, for example, and then you had 40k to pay for the mortgage, that is not an expense. You'll still need to pay tax on the initial 50k income. Of course, you can still minus your insurance and rates. But what they did allow was to have new builds have that interest deductibility. What it meant was that majority of the property investors in the market who are mum and dads, they decided to forego the existing builds and only look at new builds because you had a shorter bright line test and you could still deduct the interest as an expense. What it also meant was that it affected the existing property investors that already have one or two properties. The people that were hurt the most was the one that are holding one or two negative cash flow properties that are existing and they could not deduct that interest as an expense because they're already on negative cash flow now they get an extra tax bill. It just didn't make sense to hold on to those properties. This policy deterred a lot of the average mum and dad investors that wanted to get into property investing to completely ignore existing builds. And because the government supported these new builds, in their minds, these investments were better. Now, if you've been following our channel for a while, you will understand it doesn't actually matter what policy is in place. It only matters at the numbers that you're looking at. Often, you can buy an existing property with significantly high cash flow, and there are strategies to make that property cash flow positive, despite the high interest rate that we're on. Even with all of those advantages, new builds could potentially be cash flow negative. You gotta think about the capital gains aspect as well, because with a property, you want to hold it long-term for the capital gains. Now a new build, because you're buying a new property, which will depreciate over time, and what appreciates over time is the piece of land. Because you've got a smaller piece of land, the potential for capital gains would be lower as well. And thirdly, what makes a property attractive is that you can buy under value or add value by doing renovations so that you can increase the value. Because new builds will usually sell at optimal market price, meaning you have lower margin when you get into the property. The only hope is that over time the market will go up so that you can have a capital gains on that property. Now because the government also offered a higher loan to value ratio for these particular properties, it means that mom and dad investors are going to have higher leverage when they get into these new builds. Existing build, you need a 35% equity position or 35% deposit, whereas new builds, you only need 10 to 20%, meaning they're buying these highly geared properties that are negative cash flow with smaller upsides. And when national changes this interest deductibility policy, it's gonna bring the existing builds and the new builds on the same playing field because they will have the same rules. Now, there is a bit of hesitancy on my side to agree that this is the best way to go about it. Now, because of the changes that the red government have made in the 
last two years, you would have seen a lot more investors buying new builds and they're holding on to these assets. By changing these rules, it's going to bring the value of these properties down and it could put majority of these new build investors in a higher risk position. These rules will obviously be a good upside for people who have existing builds and making other existing builds more attractive as well. So for majority of people who might have new builds in their portfolio, it might be time to rethink how you would structure that portfolio. You might need a higher revolving credit to sustain this portfolio because you'll have more money as a backup. You might need to also start considering adding existing builds that have higher cash flow into the mix so that the property portfolio is more sustainable. Now, this brings us to our third point, which is the foreign buyer's tax for properties that are worth $2 million or more. Currently, there's a ban on foreign investors buying houses in New Zealand. The aim is to make it easier for first home buyers to get into the market. To simplify, if there are less buyers in an overall market, then prices would stay lower. Now, National's approach is to keep the ban on properties that are $2 million and below to keep that ease for first home buyers to get into the market at that price range. And instead, they're going to allow foreigners to buy properties that are $2 million in value or more with a 15% tax. So for a $3 million property that they would buy, they would end up paying an extra $450,000. This is actually similar to our neighboring country, Australia, who charges a higher stamp duty for foreigners. The positive effect for this is that it's going to attract higher net worth individuals and families to invest in New Zealand. Now, the tax will obviously deter a lot of speculators, and it'll make sense for genuine investors who want to build a base in New Zealand. The other side of the coin is, though, because these investors might understand properties very well and therefore they could buy properties 15% below market value, therefore making the property tax neutral. In saying that, I don't think that's going to be a huge part of the market. It's also good for the richer people because you look at how they make their money further along in their financial journey is that they will make money off their assets. Because National is planning to keep the higher tax brackets where if you're earning over 180000 you still pay around 40% tax. But if they have high value assets, they will be able to access a international market, meaning they have higher liquidity. This is a great way for New Zealand to attract more quality investors that's going to invest in our country long term. Now, how does this affect the average investors who are buying properties around that 500 to 1.5 mil mark? Not too much. However, it does benefit investors who have land banks around that 1.5 mil mark. And if they hold it long enough, it's going to have access to an international market. It's also going to benefit those luxury flippers. I'm talking about those ones where they buy a 1.5 to 2 mil property, they do it up and they could sell it for three, four, five million dollars. It's going to bring the competition for renovations because now you have a larger market pool that you have. This is going to be a great strategy for people who have a higher equity position because now they have access to a global market. Now the overall strategy, as I was saying, if you stay till the end, I'm going to share a little bit about what I think. Despite all of these changes, the core principle with property investing stays the same and that is to prioritize a sustainable stress-free portfolio where it's not going to keep you up at night. 
I think with interest deductibility back in place and also the Brightline test reduced to two years plus the global market, land banks have become a lot more attractive again. And when I talk about land banks, it might not necessarily be just a piece of land. I'm talking about properties with a dwelling on it. It's getting an income, but it's sitting on a piece of land that you can develop in the future. There will be many episodes where I talk about home and income land banks. That is more than one income on a piece of land that you could subdivide in the future. The holding cost is going to be lower now. And because of the higher liquidity, it's also going to contribute to the capital gains. But as always, you would want to look at the cash flow implication. A land bank might not be suitable for a household with a lower income. And for those investors, it might be better just to look at existing builds that already have high cash flow and you can do up and add value. And as I'm making this video today, one of our clients sent me a text. I was very stoked to see her cash flow property and her cash flow property that she just bought recently, including the renovations. It was in the low 300s. And after the richest valuation came back is in the 400s. I think we are going to see these types of deals a lot more where it's got high cash flow, 8.5% plus, and you've got massive equity gain because you can increase the value through renovations. Existing build is going to be a lot more attractive going forward. So it is a strategy I urge all investors to really explore and learn. And even if you're already doing that strategy, I guarantee you there are different strategies that other people are using that you should explore. Again, a balanced portfolio should always be considered. And that is looking at the overall cash flow of that portfolio. Portfolio. I've talked about this in the channel before. If you think of it as a pyramid where your own occupier is in the middle, now depending on what you need, maybe you're in a high equity, low cash flow position, then you might attach three cash flow property in this pyramid. Whereas if you're in a higher income bracket where you might have two cash flow properties to try and sustain that land bank that you have that might have lower cash flow, and that would give you a well-balanced portfolio. So there you have it, folks. Those are the tax changes that National are looking to implement. And if you have found value in this episode all I ask for is just one thing and that is to share it with another person that would benefit from this information if you want to expand your property investing knowledge I do have a webinar that I've created in the description below where I talk about how you can find fund and scale a property portfolio that's going to generate the equity that you need for your retirement I openly share some of the mistakes I've made and some of the mistakes that I see investors often make after talking to thousands of of investors. So definitely check out that link and see if there's something you can pick up from that webinar. And until next time, I'll see you guys again.